Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. How many believers do we have today? Glory to God. I want to welcome those that are viewing by live stream. Before we get too far into this, uh, there are a lot of people that listen through live stream. We want to say thank you. You could be sitting in your pajamas doing something else, but you chose to do live stream with us. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to make a declaration today. Somebody in this building and through live stream. Now, that, when I say somebody, uh, that God doesn't randomly pick anybody. What he looks for is faith. Faith is a spiritual substance. Okay? He looks for faith. God operates through faith. And you need to be thankful for that. Because faith is about your trust and confidence in him. And what he's promised. But he looks for faith. And anyone, everybody say anyone, anyone, that operates this way, that uses faith, God releases his ability on their behalf. We use the word supernatural, but it's really just natural with super on it. You will have to participate in your own deliverance. There's no such thing as just random. For years, we think that God's just, you just never know what God's going to do if, as if he's a flake. He's not like you and me. He's not flaky. He's consistent. He keeps his promises. But somebody today in this building, it could be all of you or all of us. I'll put it that way. I'm including me. And those that are viewing by live stream. Somebody, we're not only going to pray for your healing, somebody's going to get healed. Amen. Today. Amen. Man, I really appreciate that last song. See, we need to, if we pray in the name of Jesus, Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. I will do it. He didn't say, I'll see to it the best I can. Maybe, hopefully, it depends on what the Father's mood is today. No, he said, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Today. Everybody say today. today. There's an interesting thing you need to understand about faith. Faith is always in the now season. It's never futuristic. It's now. You know when tomorrow gets here, you know what it'll be? Today. Today. And we're in the now season. It's a great time to be alive. I want to make, go ahead and make these statements. Uh, Trey alluded to it today. But I want to go ahead and uh, add my 50 years. And God answers prayer. Now, I want to make sure you understand something, what has been described. I'm sorry. I got to dismiss the 180. Get all excited. It's all Trey's fault. 
Thank you, 180. We're dismissing them for their small group. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, that was Trey's fault. Blame it on him. Somebody, we got to hold somebody accountable. Jesus was held accountable for me 2,000 years ago, and I'm holding Trey accountable for this moment. Anyway, uh, 50 years. And for decades, people thought that God, we had to beg God. No. We had to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of the promise that God was going to turn our nation back. God is turning our nation back to its original foundings based upon the Constitution. And the abortion law that was done in 1973 took that out of the hands of the state and decided to make something that is not mentioned in the Constitution a legal president. And it is not what the Supreme Court did, finally, when we got somebody that it has some sense based upon. And I really love, it was, what is it, 63? 63. Decisive victory. Uh, that it was going to turn this back to the states. So that the states, the closer you get to the people, the people are going to help the representatives in their state shape the laws for this subject matter. Amen. Now I want to make a big statement right here. Listen very carefully. There are states that do not value life. And those states are going to suffer the consequences. Those states that value life, God is going to bless. This is the beginning. Listen very carefully. This is the beginning of the turnaround. Okay? And we, don't, we love people. We love ladies that may have had a, a, an abortion. We pray that you repent. We're not against people. But we're against that spirit that has lied to you. Only the most savage of animals would eat their young. That's the depravity, depravity of the human mind called carnality or fleshly thinking which has no influence of the Holy Spirit. That's what it does. And it degrades. And I don't want to go into all of that, but you need to understand. And you need, every Christian needs to be registered to vote. And every Christian needs to search the Bibles and judge every candidate on whether or not they're going to uh, support the principles that are found in the Bible. Now, this, I'm going to make this statement. And if it chaps your hide, well, let it chap your hide. Okay. You need to be showing up at the voting booth. And if Christians would have done that several times the last 20 years or so, actually for decades. If we'd have done that, our nation wouldn't be in the shape and we wouldn't be having to go through what we're going through. We're having to go through this. We're having to. Okay? So you have to suffer the consequence. You know, I got grandchildren and I'm going to read this. Just chill out. <laughs> but there's some things you need to know. You know, I have grandchildren and, you know, uh, for example, the, uh, well, I, won't, I don't want to pick any of them out. But when they're younger, 
they don't always need to get by with what they want to do when they want to do it. Because, and it'll tie, this is tying into where I'm going. Because if they do, fallen human nature will destroy you. It has the curse of sin in it. It has the very nature of the devil. That's why Jesus came. He really came to, he really came to deliver you from your fallen human nature. Amen. It's, it, 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 a planet called heaven is not what was never the goal. He came to deliver you from fallen human nature, the, the nature of, of Satan himself. And, and, and we need to train our children. That's what discipline is. You ever heard, you can't, it's impossible to be a disciple without discipline. Parents, you have to start when they're young. You're going to wait until, you know, they got, they, they, you're six months from graduating and you're going to start trying to enforce discipline. You're going to have tough time. Probably going to have to before it's over with, kick them out of the house. Because they're probably almost, uh, none of my children or grandchildren will ever be able to do this. I'm just making a statement in case any of them hear it. Will never be able to overpower me. Because I have the authority given to me by God. You follow me? Parents, you need to understand that. I have parents tell me, well, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Quit acting like you're frantic. You've been given authority. Now, in, give, in him giving you authority, you have to exercise it. And you have to get your emotions out of the way. Are you following me? You got to get your emotions out of the way. Amen. If you tell them to make their bed, even if they make it sloppily as a little kid, make them make it. Make them make it. Now, you know what that's going to do? That's going to make you be a parent. So what God's doing is making you be a parent so you can make your children be disciplined. The greatest discipline is self-discipline. If you don't create it in them, there will be a discipline that you will never have pleasure in. It's called jail. Woo, shout me down. Man, I'm preaching really good. We want to take another offering here. All right, now let's, let's we, we, we've invested this whole month, <coughs> excuse me, teaching about the Holy Spirit. And when I, I, I started to say the subject, but it, he shouldn't be our subject. He's the person. In fact, you should be learning more about the Holy Spirit every day of your life, for Jesus says he's the comforter that's going to be with you forever, and he'll never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. He's going to lead and guide you unto all truth. And many people freak out about the Holy Spirit because they're worried about one word, tongues. And you know what the biggest problem with you is? Your tongue. And so the Holy Spirit has been come to purify your tongue. John said in John, I mean, uh, yeah, John the Baptist said in Matthew chapter 3 verse 11, he said, I'm baptizing you with water under repentance, but there's one coming after me 
when he gets here, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You'll notice on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, there was cloven tongues of fire that set upon each one. Do you know what that means? Fire purifies. Now, I just want to just throw this out here. Probably, probably before the day's out, if it hadn't already happened to you on the way to church, you're going to see that your speech needs purifying. <laughs> Especially if you were whining when you got up this morning. Oh, oh man, oh, I, I want to sleep in. See, that's your flesh. It's amazing to me. It, it was amazing to me. Isn't it interesting? You know, I, like, I really like going hunting and fishing. I really do. It's amazing to me. I can get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, jump into my camo, flash, head out and drive an hour and a half to the deer lease and stay awake, hello, all day. But man, Monday morning when it's time for that alarm to go off to go to work. Oh, God. Are you following me? It be depends on your pers perspective. Now, go with me to the book of Romans. I mean, yes, book of Romans, chapter 8. And we're going to set the pace. We're talking about the Holy Spirit now. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you ready for that healing today? Amen. Glory to God. Romans chapter 8, let's look here at verse number 11. This is kind of where we're going to go, but we've got to cover a couple of places to do so. Verse 11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, and that word dwell really means to live on the inside of you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also, also quicken your mortal bodies. Now, what is a mortal body? A mortal body is a body that, is, that, it, that has a debt that it has to pay. And it's the debt of death. Okay, you're going to leave this mortal body one way or the other. Y'all yes. understand, you're not going to live in this body forever. Yes. Okay. But notice that he quickens your mortal bodies. How does he do it? By his spirit that dwelleth in you. In the margin of my Bible it says, because of the spirit that dwells in you. Now he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Now think about this for a moment. What he's saying there. That word quicken, it really means to make alive or to come alive like a seed. Listen carefully. Like a seed that lays in the ground and is dormant until the rains hit it. When the rains hit it, it begins to germinate and that rain makes it come out of the ground. Are y'all following? Well, it's the same way with what he's talking about here. He's saying here that the Holy Spirit reigning upon your spirit, the Holy Spirit, this is what I said, reigning upon your spirit, makes your spirit become alive. Now, 
We know that when Jesus died on the cross, rose again the third day, we ask Jesus into our heart. We get a new spirit. Are you following what I just said? A new spirit. You get a new man on the inside because our spirit was dead to God. So he creates a new spirit. Okay? But when the Holy Spirit reigns on your spirit, then the spirit life that you have received now comes alive. It's called an awakening. If you want to know what the awakening is that keeps talking about in our generation, this is it. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's going to awake people. Let me give you another example before we read a little bit far, farther. Another scripture here. Remember me using the illustration that if I have a Zona, I bought Zona a new vacuum cleaner. I just, you know, I'm just that kind of a guy. I wanted to buy her a present. <laughs> anyway, I bought her a vacuum cleaner. And, uh, you know, I didn't know, you know, didn't read the instructions. That's, that's typical of a lot of Christians. It's, I didn't say any of them went to this church. But anyway, I don't know where the buttons are. I don't know how to... I, and I go through all the motions of that, of vacuuming. Now, the vacuum cleaner is real. It was created or invented or manufactured. That's like you getting born again. Are you following? But you know that I can go through all the motions... And it never vacuum any dirt. Okay? But once I plug it into the power source, the power source awakens the vacuum cleaner. Are you here? Awakens the vacuum cleaner. Now, once the vacuum cleaner is awakened, it automatically vacuums. Gets rid of the dirt. Do you know a lot of Christians don't overcome their fallen human nature because they're not filled with the Holy Spirit? Just throwing that out there. I didn't say they weren't a vacuum cleaner. I mean a Christian. I did that on purpose. I didn't say they weren't created. I didn't say they weren't... Man your spirit wasn't manufactured with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus when they make, you make Jesus the Lord. I'm saying your spirit does not arise to its level of what it was created for. Man, this is really great. Listen to, listen to this word, quickening. By spiritual power, watch this. By spiritual power to arouse and invigorate. To arouse and invigorate. When I plug that vacuum cleaner in, guess what? That vacuum cleaner gets aroused. It's got a power source. And it, it's able now to vacuum. Okay? 
It means to restore to life. Restore to life. Watch this. To give increase of life. To give increase of life. Thus of the physical life. Now listen to what we just read. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken, arouse, make alive, cause increase in your mortal body. And if you'll understand what I'm talking about, you will be, you can get healing. And you don't have to wait till you show up at church next time. That's right. Amen. And I just want to throw this out here. Ain't got nothing to do with age. Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, ain't got. Amen. Ain't got nothing to do with your age. Quit believing the lie of this world's system. Man, why do you expect you just getting older? You go to the doctor and they say, well, as you get older, your heart's going to flutter. <laughs> you know why my heart flutters? I got a spirit on the inside of me. It's called the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? Are, are you, are you, well, hallelujah. I'm not finished with the definition yet. Now listen, let me read that again. To give increase of life, thus of physical life, listen carefully, of the Spirit. Because the Spirit has become invigorated, it ministers life to your physical body. It also means endued, endued, We've used that word throughout this whole month. With new and greater power of life. Amen. The Holy Spirit endues your born-again spirit with new and greater power of life. Amen. To revitalize Everybody got that? Revitalize. Make alive. And cause it to live. Amen. Glory to God. I'm more alive today than I've ever been. Are, are you following that? Now, it, the Holy Spirit's ability does not stop with just reinvigorating your physical life. It illum he illuminates your thinking, your reasoning, thereby giving you re new and greater power. Are you with that? I'm going to show you why a lot of times we don't grasp this too well. Go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians. And guys, can you put this on the screen? 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 49. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. You may not have it on the, in the Amplified. Uh, so I'll read it to you. Uh, can you go? Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15 first. There you go. 
Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality. The message translation puts it like this. Let's follow the, uh, indicating the protocol or the pattern or the, the system, the order is the word I'm looking for, the order of the Bible, of the scriptures. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, which is Christ, became a life-giving spirit. Restoring to de uh, the dead to life. Amen. I mean, but it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical and then the spiritual. The first man was from out of the earth, made of dust, earthly minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. Now those who are made of the dust are like him who was first made of the dust, earthly minded, and is the man from heaven. So also are those who are of heaven, heavenly minded. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we, and so let us, I like that, so shall we, and so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. Amen. Now, he's, and here, here's the problem that we're looking at. Many of us interpret heaven as a planet destination after you leave the body. But that's the way I like it in the Amplified. It says, so shall we, so let us be. Let's be doing that now. Right now. And here's the key. If you let God renovate your thinking, then you won't be limiting your bodily abilities to a culture in the world that says something different. Jesus, help me right here. Let me put it this way. I can do everything I used to do. I may take a little bit longer, but I can do it. Nita, I got to go home and start practicing kicking up my heels. They don't believe I can do it. Now, that doesn't mean that your body doesn't wear out. But it does not wear out like the world's bodies wear out. Are you following what I'm saying? Just a few years before my mom, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe not, yeah, just a, 
maybe a couple of years. My mom passed on when she was 96. And uh, I called her out there, went out there one day, and I caught her, and she was on a ladder trying to change a light bulb. She's probably about 94. And I said, what's wrong with you, woman? She's, oh, I'm just changing the light bulb. Now, some of y'all, right now, you're thinking, your, your whole mind just, oh, my God, Pastor Ronnie. She's got to be careful. That was my first thought. Listen, through what my mother went through and what she believed God for and what her faith is built on, I promise you, you think I'm going to be able to hold her down? Mom, mom, you couldn't hold her down. Now, here's, here's my point. I'm not denying that we're going to leave our body because our bodies are mortal. Our bodies are. Not our spirits, but our bodies. And because of, of the Holy Spirit living in a mortal body, He quickens, makes alive, gives new and greater abilities. Here's what I don't want you to do is to get earthly minded again to where you think you can't all the time. Amen. Now I'm going to prove this all out to you in a moment. Let me ask you another question. How many of you ever heard this? Now think about this. We hear that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. All right, where's the condition of age? Where's the condition of age? It has nothing to do with it. Abraham and Sarah bore a child when he was 100 and she was 90. See, he accessed the ability of God through a, a spiritual substance called faith. And the ability of God acted on his behalf and quickened his physical body and the womb of Sarah where she could conceive. I believe he made them even look good. They got attractive to each other. Hallelujah. Like they're spring chickens all over again. Are, are you following me? But you keep looking, you keep reading medical science. Every time I go, they're like, well, now, this is what you expect. This is what you expect. Yeah, if you're a dummy. I know something you don't know. You're doing everything by physical science. I'm going to the one that invented science. He formed my body. He knows what his spirit can do. We underestimate, I'm going to say that one more time, we underestimate what Jesus paid for and the, the, the maximum potential of what the Holy Spirit can do to revitalize your physical body. Not just your physical body, but to illuminate the way you think. I have to look in the mirror to remind myself how old I am. Because I don't think like an old man. 
But you can be a young man and think like an old man. The young man is saying, well, I, I can't do that. I, I just can't. I can't. I can't do that. I, I just can't do that. No, you don't want to do it because you've given over to the lies of, of your body. It's called carnality. Now, I'm going to get into some big stuff here in a minute. Good thing I can't see that clock. Well, go with me to Genesis chapter 2 out of the Amplified. Verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath or the spirit of life. And man became a living being. I like that being. Everybody say being. being. I know it says living soul in the King James, but I like the being. You know what being is? It's always present tense. Amen. You know what? I, I, I spent a whole month teaching on the word be. Let there be light. You know there's light today. Because the word be is always present tense. So he told the son, you be being and the son still be being. Right. You know what he's telling you? You be being. Right. Okay? Quit worrying about death. You just be being. Right. He's already taken care of death. And I'm going to throw this out here. Listen very carefully. I know that a lot of you, I'm going to challenge you. That's okay. You need to be challenged. If you go to a church that doesn't challenge you, then you, don't, you go to the wrong church. Because we need to challenge each other with these verses of Scripture. A lot of Christians have left planet Earth before their time. Because they do not understand what I'm talking about. They do not understand it. Jesus paid a price. See, first of all, we didn't understand how far we fail when Adam fell in the Garden of Eden. We didn't understand how far. And then we don't understand how far Jesus elevated us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And then a lot of times, those that are of us that have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, we just get a surge of emotion because it's hard for, you know, when you get energy to send through your whole body and your mind and illuminating you and you've been dead for so long, all of a sudden you just want to run around everywhere. <laughs> but we didn't understand that that's not what he wanted to do was just cause you to run around everywhere. He had a purpose and a plan for your life and he said you'd be fat and flourishing in your old age. That fat does not mean overweight. It means that you're going to be bearing fruit. You're going to be fruitful in your old age. My best days of bearing fruit, I've just now entered into them in the fall of my years. And I keep saying this, and I hear Christians say it all the time, uh, the opposite of it. I'm entering my golden years. Amen. And I've had a lot of Christians say, 
They call them golden years. They're not golden. <laughs> They're not golden because you've not understood what I'm talking about. Right. That's right. I, it, it took me a third of my life to gather information. It's taken me another third of my life to prove the information I've gathered. And now it's time for me to let that information produce. Are you following what I'm saying? So we see that God breathed into man the breath of life and he became a living being. We know that Adam and Eve sinned. And God told them, the day that you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. We know that they ate of the tree, but Adam physically did not die for over 900 years. Amen. Now listen carefully what I'm going to say. That means there was so much life in his physical body that it took his dead spirit 900 and some odd years to teach his body to die. Think about that. You see the progression of degradation. Now I want to show you the pro progression of resurrection life. Amen. When Jesus went to the cross, rose again the third day with resurrection life, Death no longer had dominion. And those that receive Jesus as Lord of their life, death no longer has dominion over you. Are you following? But, you've got to be filled with the Spirit to cause your spirit to teach your body to live. Remember, the Holy Spirit's a great teacher. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm going to get in some interesting things. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're ready because you're going to need every bit of it. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. To prove to you that the Holy Spirit God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Amen. His body's made of the dust of the ground, right? He built him upright. I, I heard this the other day and it was just so thrilling to me. God built him upright, not laying down, upright. Okay? Just like he's standing here. Just like that. Okay? And God Almighty the creator of the heavens and the earth, took Adam that he had just formed by the shoulders and he breathed his life into his face. God looked at him eyeball to eyeball, nose to nose, mouth to mouth, shoulder to shoulder, and said, Be living! And the breath and the wind of God came out and hit that hunk of clay and it jumps alive and he becomes a living being. Now think about this. We know that Adam died 
when he committed sin in the garden. His spirit died. The breath that was in him departed out of his spirit. But there was so much life in it that he, his, his dead spirit now had to teach him how to die. But when Jesus came, he formed our born-again spirit all over again. He formed our spirit. On the day of Pentecost, God did the same thing right. He did to Adam. Yep. Yes. That's right. yes, he did. And He breathed into Adam's spirit. Yes. I mean into mankind's spirit. Yes. By the Holy Spirit. And when He did, His spirit now came alive with the resurrection life, now teaching and training and developing his body to those who would listen. Yes. Romans chapter 7, verse 22, out of the Amplified. Can you pull it up, guys? For I endorse and delight in the law of God in my innermost self with my new nature. But I discern in my bodily members and in the sensitive appetites and wills of the flesh a different law, rule of action, at war against the law of my mind and my, my reason, and making me a prisoner to the law of sin that dwells in my bodily organs. In the sensitive appetites and wills of the flesh. Oh, unhappy and pitiable and a wretched man that I am, who will release and deliver me from the shackles of this body of death? Watch carefully. Oh, thank God, he will. How? through the Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, our Lord. So then indeed, watch this phrase, so then indeed I myself with the mind and heart serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. The wages of sin is what? Yes. Go to chapter 8, verse number 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, nor judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit life, watch this, the law of the Spirit life, the law of the Spirit life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, freed me from the law of sin and death. Amen. Now listen very carefully. This is what, here's, the, here's what I want you to grasp. Every one of us have to deal with the body of this death. Amen. And if you, uh, if you let your mind be programmed by it, your reasoning will take over. Your reasoning is where you make your decisions. Amen. That's the thing that will make you eat a whole dozen donuts in one sitting. 
Now listen carefully. What was that? The appetite. The appetite that's in your bodily organs. Okay? Now listen, let me show you how crazy this is. And don't get upset because I like donuts. I like them so much that I stay away from them. My mama used to say, I love you away from you. <laughs> I like donuts away from me. But here's my point. And I didn't say I would never eat another one. But here's what will happen. If you're like the world system, this is what they'll do. They'll gorge themselves on donuts. And when they get through, they're disgusted with themselves because they did it. That sounds like to me the working of the devil. He'll tempt you to do it. After you've done it, then he'll accuse you before God. Bring you into condemnation. Now, I'm going to help you right here. Because it's about time the body of Christ starts getting healthy, not just being healed. Okay? You want to live long and strong, you're going to have to participate with the natural so he can put the super on it. Yes. Hallelujah. You better wake up about right now. Habitual behavior is all formed out of a soul. Out of the soul. Now there's good habits and there's bad habits. Good habits is eating your carrots. Bad habits is eating a whole dozen donuts. And guess what you did? That bodily appetite that you were trying to satisfy that craving, now you sinned against your own body. And you didn't know it. Oh, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor Ronnie, we're going to get in shape. Tell Pastor Ronnie's going to get us in shape. <laughs> we talk about, listen carefully, we talk about all kinds of sexual sins, and this applies to it. But the church never talks about the way it eats. Amen. Right. Never. You know why? Because that's one sin that we all do. We'll put, man, they, they, they were living with so-and-so. And that's bad. Sexual sins is a part of bodily cravings. It's in organs in your body. The greatest sex organ you got is in your head. Uh, we better move along off that subject real quick. See, if you don't change the way you think, you're going to wind up committing adultery. If you don't change the way you think, you're going to cut your life short and you don't even know you did it. Okay? The Holy Spirit should be your guide. You got, God's got a plan and a purpose for you. But you say, well, I, I, I just... And here's the thing. You start with the words of your mouth. Love was never meant for you to use on food. Start listening to the way you talk. Well, I just love donuts. I just love them. Guess what you did? You're setting your mind 
He said, set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. You're setting your affections on donuts. It's misuse of affection. And now, that's, you have programmed yourself to love donuts and you hate the person you're living with in the house. You barely like them, but you love the donuts. Are y'all, woo, man. I just love peanut butter and jelly. No, I like peanut butter and jelly, but I don't love it. A lot of things I like and I can do without. You know, some people, I... <laughs> I just love to relax. When's the last time you say, I love to work? <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? The mind, I myself, we read it, I myself, with the mind and the heart, mind and the heart. See, the Holy Spirit coming into you, filling you up, will illuminate your thinking to get outside this box that the world is, this world system and fallen human natures programmed you to be trapped in. I ain't even read the rest of it. I, I, I gotta hurry. Go, get, get, pop this up. Let's I can tell you exactly where, guys. Give me just a second, for time's sake. I can exactly tell you where to go. In Romans chapter 8, out of the Amplified, because I want to get down to something. Go down here to verse number uh, 8. Start with verse 8. All right. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and the impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be accepted, acceptable to Him. But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs, controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his and he does not belong to Christ. He is not truly a child of God. But if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of the righteousness uh, that he imputes to you. Verse number 11. And if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived perishable bodies through His Spirit that dwells in you. Amen. He'll do what? That short-lived body? He'll restore it. He'll pump life into it. Make it last longer. Be reinvigorated. And not only last longer, but live bigger and better than it would if you tried to do it on your own. Amen. 
Now, it gets real interesting here. Go to verse 12. So then, brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh. We are not obligated to carnal nature, to live a life ruled by the standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death. Now, you want to know where habits need to come in? Right here. You are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body. You shall really and genuinely live forever. Now, he's, he's talking about your spirit will live forever. That's true. But we, he's talking about your body being reinvigorated. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. The sons of God. Now, this is where you need to understand. The phrase sons of God has to do with maturity. It has to do with a place of partnership like father and son's business. Okay? We're going to read some other verses here in just a minute. I've heard Kenneth Hagin say this for years. Christians are not called to fasted, to fasting. They're called to a fasted life. Fasting is not a starvation strike. We don't fast to get God's attention as if, God, if you don't answer, I'm not going to eat until you do. You know what will happen? You will die. Because you can't twist God's arm with fasting. The purpose of fasting is to quiet down the appetites that's dominating you so you can pay attention to your spirit. That's the whole purpose of fasting. And so when Kenneth Hagin make that statement, you're called to live a fasted life. That means instead of eating three pieces of pie, you're going to restrict yourself to one. There's nothing wrong with eating apple pie. I like apple pie. Notice what I said. I like apple pie. I'll eat a piece of apple pie. But if I'm going to step into the power of the Holy Spirit to quicken my mortal body and to illuminate my reasoning and thinking so my uh, latter years can be golden, I promise you I am going to have to live the fasted life. Are you following me? God's talking to us about not being couch potatoes. Now listen. God has an inheritance. Jesus has an inheritance in you. We talk about our inheritance in him, but he has an inheritance in you. He paid for it with his precious blood. Your body is not your own. They don't belong to you. And there's scripture and verse for that. If you want to, we can stay here for another 30 or 40 minutes and I can look it up. But there's a verse says that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is not to belong to you. And as long as you let your fleshly appetites of fallen human nature that's been programmed into your soul dominate you, it's going to keep you sick, broke, and unfruitful. 
And you're going to look, well, God, why don't you do something? Why don't you do something? Why don't you pass around, pass around and pray a magic prayer? Because if I did, you'd go right back out there because you haven't disciplined your body. Your body has to have discipline. And guess what? Your body hates it. Your body hates it. Your body is like a two-year-old child. Woo! Hallelujah. Listen, I think I need $100 from each and every one of you. It's going to save you a lot of money. You need to grasp what I'm saying to you. I know you don't want to hear it. I don't like hearing it. I don't like hearing it. God, the Holy Spirit is to bring conviction to me. He's to convict me. I'm not my own. I don't belong to me. And a lot of our stuff that we're going through physically and emotionally has to do with not allowing the Holy Spirit to have preeminence and dominance in our lives. Here's the thing about it. You can, you can go for weeks and months and even years and have no problems. But then all of a sudden, these problems show up and then you want to know, Oh God, why, why did you leave me? Why did you not let the Holy Spirit discipline you? I, I've told you this and I'm going to tell you again. A few years back, I had some stents put in my heart. And I'm thinking, Lord. And I had a struggle emotionally with it. With my spirit. Do you follow me? It wasn't just my physical body. It was the emotional thing. This was going on in me. I didn't let... Zona could tell because, you know, she's my wife. But, And I said, Lord, you promised to heal me. Why, why am I having this struggle? He said, Ronnie, have you ever read... Then I cause the sick to make their bed. And I said, yes, start making your bed. Amen. Now, I have spent the majority of my life at to, up to that point. My mama always made my bed. And after I got married, Zona always made the bed. She was trained to make the bed. <laughs> First time they spent a the night, her and Zeta spent the night in a hotel with their family. They got up the next morning and made the bed. And the mother said, what are you doing? I'm making the bed. She said, at the hotel, you don't have to make the bed. They threw the covers back. <laughs> she was trained to make the bed when she got up in the morning. Now, God was talking to me. Now, here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. It's not the making of the bed, it's the discipline. I make I made the bed this morning. Now I don't make it every day. Pastor Zona makes the bed, so all you ladies think, well, man, she's got it easy. No, no, no. No, she makes it. Some, there's a few times that I haven't made it in the last few years, and and she'll make it. She she's not arguing about that. I make it to discipline myself while I'm making the bed. That scripture comes back to me. And you know what I begin to do? Thank you, Jesus, that I can make this bed. Are you following what I'm saying to you? Are, are, are you getting what I'm saying? Thank God I can eat one piece of pie. 
thank God I don't have to make three trips. And, you know, we used to have fellowship meetings here and everybody bring potluck, supper, you know, lunch. And, and then I'd see people pile it up as if that was their last meal. <laughs> pile it up. You know, and I don't know how they kept the plate from breaking. Okay? Pile it up. Hello. I'm hungry. You know, I eat fast. And because I eat fast, I shovel it in so much my stomach hadn't had time to understand that it's full. Now, I had to eat fast. I'm the youngest of eight children in our house. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> My point in what I'm saying to you is we, we think these things don't matter. They matter greatly because they're interfering with your calling, your destination, what God's got in store for you. They're interfering in it. And the Holy Spirit, thank God for the Holy Spirit to come and bring conviction to our lives and say, don't do this. Do this. Get that fat off. Get yourself in shape. All right? I'm not saying to try to be mean. I really am not. Because God is talking to me. He said, Ronnie, I could pick up stuff to write here. And he said, Ronnie, right here, you are shabby. You're going to have to learn to get some meat on those shoulders. Are, are, does anybody relate to what I'm talking about? I know that this is a, a different kind of service, but the Holy Spirit's to quicken you. Why? To fulfill your God-given call. Not to fill your plate. To fulfill your call. There's, and listen, I'm going to eat another piece of pie. I'm going to eat another, do a, another a donut. A donut. A donut. Listen, man, I know what I'm talking about. I'd go to Walmart. They're cheap. Chocolate. Six for myself. Six for everybody else in the house. Are you following me? You got to get them fresh now. That makes the price go along further. Go further. And let me tell you, none of them will be stale because they don't last. Are you following me? I am not in love with donuts. I'm in love with my wife. I'm in love with Jesus. Are you following me? I'm not, I'm not in love with food. I eat, listen, I live, I eat to live. I don't live to eat. Now, some of you better wake up about right now because a famine's about to hit the world. Okay? What do you think God did with Daniel for them to live an excellent life when they were brought into captivity? They wouldn't eat the king's meat. They, they, they fasted the king's meat because it violated their worship. How much of what we're doing violates our call? 
And then we want to know, well, well, God, why don't you do something? Why don't you do something? Listen, you left me a long time ago. It was called breakfast. You'll miss that one. And now you want me to show up instantly? You won't let me discipline you. Every parent that truly loves their children thanks beyond the moment. Are you understanding? You can't, you can't spare discipline because of their crying. You have to think when they're 10, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, 20 years down the road, you got to think about that. If you truly love your children, you're going to discipline. If God truly loves you, He's going to discipline you. He said it's impossible for you to be my son or daughter and not go through discipline. If you try to avoid my discipline, you're trying to illegitimately get into the kingdom of God. Now that, in fact, the King James just puts it blunt. He says you're a bastard, not a son. I know this is tough. I, I get it. I get it. Go down here to verse real quickly. I've got to jump down even further. Go down here uh, to verse number 15. Because this is where we want to close. Because we're going to close on a good note, right? Yes. Okay. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. Amen. The spirit producing sonship. In the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. The Spirit Himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are His children, then we are His heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing, watch this, sharing his inheritance with him. Did you get that? Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. Now what does that mean, his suffering? It means discipline. Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. What did that mean, suffer? By the things that the Father said to do that maybe other desires tried to get him to go the other way. He stayed focused on his calling. He stayed focused on his purpose. Church is not about us coming together to try to get God to bless what we're doing. Church is about coming to find out what God wants done and do it. That's where the blessing's at. How many of you have ever had your plans messed up? God's plans don't get messed up. When the devil starts messing, God starts blessing. Okay? You see, you and I need to, and here again, I'm not, 
trying to be hard on you. I'm trying to help you to understand there's more at stake than food and this natural life. Thank God for this natural life. I'm, I'm, I, I, there are things that I enjoy. But let me tell you something. I, I, the Holy Spirit is here to lead and guide me. I don't understand my purpose by myself. You know, some people are so earthly minded that they're no heavenly good. God wants heaven on earth. And we can't be filled with the same programs that the worlds are with our thinking and our reasoning. It's time to get your spirit in control of your body and your finances and your household and your, 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 your marriage and your children and the community and the state and the nation. What you're seeing happening in the world is nothing more than the devil jerking on people's flesh. And it'll degrade them and grind them into the ground till they can't even tell whether they're male or female. You know, after all, you can't trust the doctors because sometimes they make mistakes on what's a male organ and a female organ. You know that people are making those statements now? Politicians are making those statements. Really? And they tell us to follow the science, and when we do, they tell us we're wrong. You see what I'm trying to help you to see? All of that is a ploy to try to get you off your mission. God's got something. He's got plans for you. Oh my God, it's bigger than you could ever dream, scheme, or plan on your own. Big stuff. Now, how many of you ready for your healing? How many of you are ready for it? You ready for it? You ready to receive it? Right now. Today. Today. Then you're going to, this is what I'm, after I pray. Your responsibility then is to take it from there and begin to renew your mind to it. To renew your mind to it. Because if you don't, the devil's going to talk you right out of it. As soon as you leave here, he's going to talk you right out of it. The healing power of God is here right now. Amen. Glory to God. You want your healing, lift your hands to heaven right now. Father, I thank you. You're the one that said, in your word, and you cannot lie. You said that by the stripes of Jesus, we are the healed. We know, Jesus, you bore stripes on your back. So we declare our healing. Say this with me out loud with authority. In the name of Jesus, I command my body to pay attention to the Word of God. Jesus, by His stripes, made me healed. Therefore, I speak to my body I command you 
in the name of Jesus to get in line with that word. Holy Spirit, you are the very power that raised Jesus from the dead. You dwell in me. You quicken my mortal body. You illuminate my mind and you cause my body to be empowered with supernatural ability and strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This healing you paid for is mine right now and I refuse my bodily appetites from taking it away from me. In Jesus' name, glory to God. If you receive that, stand up. Stand up. Declare it. Take your stand. Take your stand. Take your stand. Glory to God. Glory to God. Holy Spirit, breathe that word into their spirit. Holy Spirit, right now, breathe this word into their spirit. Breathe it in there, Father, in the name of Jesus. Inspire their spirit. Glory be to God. They will live long. They will live strong. They will fulfill their days in the name of Jesus. They will co complete their mission in the name of Jesus. They'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When the devil comes talking to you and he'll slip up on the side of your shoulder and talk into your ear and say, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You, you, just, you just can't make it. Get a little pain in your body. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to die. No, you're not. You're going to declare the works of the Lord. Amen. And you're going to fulfill your purpose. And you're going to fulfill your days. Glory to God. Do you know that the Bible says that it is possible for you to live in this body 120 years? Yes. Oh my God, Pastor Ron. That's what I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit, man. <laughs> 120 years. Wow, well, Pastor Ronnie, I don't want... Nowhere... Moses lived to be 120 under the old covenant. And the Bible says that his natural force was not abated. That means he was still strong and his eyes weren't dim. Well, you know, but I can't see, can't hear like I used to. If you got to wear a hearing aid, wear glasses right now, that's okay. Speak to your eyes, speak to your ears, and say in the name of Jesus, you're quickened by the Holy Spirit that lives within my spirit. Are you following me? And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, Pastor Ronnie, listen, if you'll start speaking to your eyes, guess what? You'll start wanting carrots. Uh, you follow what I'm talking about? You know what I've been telling God? I said, Lord, I want you to give me an appetite for the foods that I need. Yes. And the foods that are not fruitful 
cause that appetite to just die. I don't need them. Don't want them. That's how I did sugar in my tea. Seriously. And I'm not, if you're not there yet, that's fine. But I'm just telling you about me. That's what I did with sugar in my tea. God, you've been after me to get rid of it. And you're going to have to take it away. And I didn't cut back. I cut it off. The axe was laid at the root of that sugar tree. And it didn't bear no ungodly fruit. Are you all are you, are you understanding what I'm trying to say? How many of you still love Jesus? How many of you are going to ask him to help you love me then? All right. Father, we thank you right now as we get ready to leave this place. We thank you, Lord, that your grace surrounds us like a shield. Follows us wherever we go. And Lord, we hear your voice. Say that with me. I hear his voice. And the voice of another, I will not follow. Now, Lord, you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us the name of Jesus to invoke, which we do right now. Say this with me out loud. In the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. And Father, I thank you that you fill us so full of your love that as we go into our everyday lives, every person we come in contact with, your love would just ooze out of us and touch them. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And give somebody a high five and say, I survived this morning. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.